to D Holland Dragons, a real play D&D podcast about four high school students who get sucked into a world of fantasy and magic and have to set out on a quest to find their way home, but not before they find themselves along the way. Uh, my name is Riley Wesson and I am this campaign's DM and uh, welcome back to class, students. Do we like that? Is that fun? Yeah, that's great. Happy to be back. <laughs> I feel like it's a game show. It's like, thank you. Thank you, Riley. Happy to be here. I have a I have a seasonal Brian fact. So Ooh. here we go. So uh, my name is Danielle Grisco, and I play uh, Brian Tolkien for the purposes of this um, podcast. And uh, my Brian fact this week is that you know we just we just came back from our own uh, Thanksgiving mini hiatus, and Brian has actually never had a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, <laughs> So Brian, Brian, this is a little sad. Brian's um, mom uh, is not on speaking terms with her parents um, because she got married and had Brian. Um, and uh, Brian's grandparents on his dad's side are actually no longer with us. They've passed on um, oh no. from even before uh, Brian was born. So he has never had a Thanksgiving dinner because the idea of spending that time without their family makes his parents so sad that they just treat it as a normal day. <laughs> Oh my gosh! How is this a fun fact? This is this is the exact opposite of a fun fact. I never claimed fun fact. I said Brian fact. And to be fair, I am not quite sure Brian has ever had a fun fact in the history of this. I just love how we got more backstory on Brian in this one fact than we have in the past four sessions. Yeah, it seemed it seemed fitting um, for the Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was. That was real heavy. He needs a hug, guys. He needs a hug. Uh, My name is Brandon Lindsay, and I play Cecil McNamara. And uh, I'll keep in line with that theme of sort of expanding on family. Uh, Cecil has a fairly good relationship with his family. He's very happy with his, you know, relationship with his parents. He loves his parents very much. His parents love him very much. His extended family is... um, there's a lot of D1 athletes in his family. Um, and Cecil's very happy that he's going to continue to uphold that family tradition. Um, like he had a couple of cousins actually, you know, like play at Notre Dame. And, you know, football's not really his sport, but that's fine. But he does play a lot of football, like whenever they all come to his grandmother's house for, oh dear. for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And yeah, he would, you know, he... They like to play pretty pretty rough, so uh, Cecil's come back from Christmas break with a few, you know, broken fingers, broken leg one time. Yikes. He's had his wrist in a cast for, you know, oh my God. a couple months. But uh, <laughs> It's just a constant Christmas tradition for, for Cecil to have to go to the ER. To get hurt, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? He likes being able to play sports with his family, so. That's good. That's That's sweet. Wholesome. Awesome. My name is Andy Deinhart, and I play Victoria Hightower. Uh, staying with the same theme. So, Victoria, I'd say, yeah, kind of similar to Brian, but not quite non-existent. Holidays probably aren't a huge deal at her house. It's likely very materialistic, in a sense, because it's just mm. her and her mom. And she is an only child. <laughs> so... <laughs> They probably do visit at least like every other Christmas or Thanksgiving or major holiday. They visit Texas because that's where 
Victoria's grandfather lives, and that's who she's living with currently. Uh, now that her mom's business has really taken off and she has to go do her guru-ness around the world, Victoria is home with Paps, her granddad, and he has a Texas ranch that she's probably <laughs> gone to. Her mom grew up there, but moved out to L.A. pretty pretty early on in her career. So, so yeah, holidays would be very materialistic and probably not, mm. probably wouldn't be a big deal made out of any of them, honestly. So that's fair. Yeah. Boy, these 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 fun facts. Are I know. Just, I'm sorry. That's really <laughs> uplifting. Really fun. Really fun way to start <laughs> off this session. Oh, Happy boy. holidays, everyone. <laughs> and to bring us home, let's hear about <laughs> James's fun fact. Um, hello, my name is Jackson Pounds. I play James Malden, and James has a great Thanksgivings. They do involve a lot of drinking. Good. And they often go to the one of the great aunt's houses in the family. And because it's out in the middle of nowhere, the only place that's normally open on Thanksgiving Day is Applebee's, <laughs> which is where they go to drink. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible. Oh <laughs> Thanksgiving at Applebee's. What a treat. Wow. My goodness. All those deals. All those deals. All those deals. Uh, my name is Riley Wesson. I'm your uh, your DM slash teacher, and I guess I'll I'll kind of keep with the Thanksgiving theme uh, because this year I am thankful that uh, we have artwork. <gasps> what? What? Yes! Oh my gosh, that looks incredible! Oh my god, is that my locker? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is your locker. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yes, uh, this the, the group is for the first time seeing our artwork uh, done by Carlina Alvarez. This is oh. so good. Oh my Massive gosh. shout out. Her stuff will be linked in the description of the episodes. Wow. I mean, is it fair to say we're all pretty hot? Like in general. We're yeah. pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> Carlina's style is just like drawing people naturally hot. And so I'm like, God, Brian looks Brian looks way more handsome than I would ever picture him. But like, it works. Hey, whoa, listen. He's a handsome kiddo. <laughs> Granted, you said he was like a mix between Sherlock and Bender, and so it's like, how are you not going to wind up with some kind of handsome, tall, awkward hybrid man? Holy crap, dude. Victoria is perfect. Perfect. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. So now you understand why it's been so hard for me to uh, to not show y'all the updates along the She's way. She's even got um, the necklace. Oh my that's god. That's really cool. I yeah. can't handle and the journal. Yes. Also, yep. Cecil Cecil's tennis shoes are freaking awesome. <laughs> like those are nice. I think of everybody. Cecil has just captured the best with the Captain Morgan and the just the shit eating grin. Even the ascot. That's my boy. Gosh, Even the, the orange ascot. ascot. <laughs> like he's like like the the he's like if we were the um, mystery ink crew, he's one hundred percent like Freddie, right? That's his name, Freddie. Oh, yep. Yes. The ascot very, and the blue mic. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> he ta- he takes after Freddie a lot, but he's oh, uh my yeah. Gosh, this is so great. Oh, we got the mistletoe on the. Yeah. I did not yep. even really notice that. Yep. James has got his bow and love that. His- his multiple layers yeah so, so yeah <laughs> that's that's my fun layers. fact for this session oh my gosh <laughs> i can't that's get over really it good. this is so good i know yeah. i'll just i just want to stare at it for the rest of the episode yeah can we just leave this up like this honestly yeah <laughs> i'll get it sent to y'all it'll be 
It'll be oh, fine. I'm just I'm glad that we could uh I'm glad that we could end that that fun fact session on a high note. Wow. Hey, listen. Very high note. You mean the Applebee's wasn't the high note you were looking for? <laughs> <laughs> that is the zenith, the fun fact. Last session on D Hall and Dragons, the students woke up in the Starters Tavern after forcing Derek Darrington to give them IOUs since he lied about being able to pay them money. They discussed plans and learned a bit more about the town over breakfast with Strivern Stonebrace, the gruff owner of the tavern, and then went to rob Derek's house before realizing he was sad and lonely because his dad, the mayor, had been missing uh, after going to visit the wizard on the outskirts of town. Yes! The four of them decided to instead go and visit the wizard themselves, but were assaulted by a band of goblins. After a bit of fighting, they realized that their attackers were putting on an act and are actually employed by Newcomer's Field, along with other small-time monsters in the area, to attack new adventurers and give them their first fights and such. But uh, they're in reality protected by magical barriers maintained by the wizard uh, that the students are on their way to see. Uh, After a bit of discussion and craft services, they stowed their car and some nearby brush to make their way down the blocked road and find out who exactly this mysterious wizard might be. So, that is where we pick up, and you guys have been walking down the road for probably about 30 minutes or so, and uh, you come upon this sort of, kind of a quaint collection of shacks and huts that are connected by halls, and it would almost look like a compound if it wasn't so old-fashioned and sort of run-down looking. There's some, some barnyard animals, some goats nearby, a few ducks walking around, um, quacking and such. And uh, you guys make your way up to the door and you can see some smoke coming out of the the top of the the building that you're standing in front of. But as you walk up to the door, uh, you see some words inscribed on the front. It says, What has four letters sometimes has nine letters, but never has five. That That is true. That is categorically accurate. <laughs> uh, before before we get up, or I mean, Cecil's probably going to be about like twenty feet behind. He's going to stroll over to where he sees some some livestock and some other barnyard animals. He's going to reach into his pack. He's going to grab some loose bits of frozen corn. And he's just going to kind of throw it into the into the pens. You see these goats all like rush at the corn that you're throwing. They're gets them in my hand, then I let them eat out of my hand. And they kind of nibble at it. Uh, make a dex saving throw. What? Death or dex? Uh, dex. A death saving throw. <laughs> uh, oh, 19. Okay. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the goats gets a little overzealous and tries to nip at your fingers, but you manage to get it away. Ooh, easy, easy, easy. Try and give it some little scritches and... He kind of nuzzles up next to you. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? Do they treat you well here? Or are they cool? Good, good talking to you, goat. I mean, if this is the house of the wizard, he is my kind of guy because obviously he's a man of of logic. And um, you know, I just personally would like to note that those goats have the best goat sounds I've ever heard in my life, um, <laughs> which I think is important to to just you know commend the goats for their skill. I think that's important. Um, but yeah, this is clearly, this is a man of, of logic and reason. I agree with everything that is um, listed here in his in his dwelling. And uh, I think I think we should knock, guys. This seems pretty straightforward. Sure. Do you want, are you going to, are, are you going to helm this? You feel confident? I mean, I don't see anything here that would be threatening in any way. I mean, the, the 
what it says here on the door is is very straightforward. What has four letters sometimes has nine letters and never has five. Those are all accurate statements. So I feel I feel confident that that we're able to <laughs> knock on this door. I mean, is anyone else, am I wrong here? Are we all on the same page? No, no. I feel like you've given a fair analysis of the situation. I trust your judgment. Okay. Yeah, have at it. Go for it. Suddenly, because Cecil agrees with me, I'm doubting my intuition, and I would like to do a perception <laughs> check on my surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Roll a, roll a perception check. <laughs> Great. Because <laughs> okay, a 21. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it looks like a relatively simple collection of buildings. Nothing super nefarious. I mean, again, there are some goats and some ducks and such walking around, a few chickens clucking. But as you do stand there, you do hear some, a bit of like clattering inside and sort of some voices off in the distance. Multiple voices? Yes. Are these voices from inside the house or from just out, around the exterior of the like? They're the coming little... from inside the house. <gasps> Oh no! This is multiple yes, places. Yes, they're they're coming from inside the house. Real quick, can I roll a, a quick Google check for Victoria? Sure. Cool. I don't know what. So you oh, roll no. higher than a three. Oh, cool! I rolled a six, so we're good. Okay, so next time you have to roll higher than a four. What and what are you googling? Okay, Victoria is actually fairly intelligent, but she had to Google the thing on the door. <laughs> she was she was gonna ask brian but she's like no i can just google this really quick she was too prideful to ask brian oh uh, yes yeah, she was <laughs> it didn't even occur to brian that somebody didn't understand what was written on the door yep. <laughs> he just, he didn't even it just like it. it took her a second she's just kind of sitting there scratching her head and just like slyly pulling out her phone to like google it really quick great brian did you want to knock on did you want to knock on the door or i'm i'm I mean, I'm content knocking on the door unless you feel like you need to, like, macho man this situation. Oh my god, Victoria reaches forward and just knocks on the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you knock on the door and you hear some, a uh, bit of a raising of the voices and you slowly hear some footsteps coming and the door kind of cracks open a bit and you see a, a guy kind of poke his face out. Uh, yeah, yes, can I, can, can, can I help you? And Victoria will just kind of nudge Brian forward. <laughs> uh, Brian uh, shifts forward and like gives Victoria a slight glare, um, but not too much because he doesn't want to provoke her. Um, and then uh, just kind of goes, hi, um, we were sent here to, to look for the wizard. Just wanted to check in. Um, I like your door. Um, are you are you the wizard? Oh, no, no. Uh, I'm, I, I'm simply an intern. Uh, yes, the wizard <laughs> likes to... Play some practical jokes at times. Uh, just a bit of fun that he likes to have. But but yes, please, uh, c- come in. He's he's inside. And uh, as he opens the door, you see a, a stocky, pale-looking boy who seems to be in his late teens. He's wearing some wire-framed glasses, and his face is pretty uh, freckled. And he, he says, oh, yes, uh, so come, come on in. And as you walk inside, you just see an absolute clusterfuck of a room yes. with just so many various things that you honestly, to some extent, can't really even understand. You see like bottles with fizzling liquids inside and you, you can like hear these faint noises coming from around, but you don't, you can't quite tell from where. And you see 
brooms and a mop that are just kind of sweeping around on the floor. And it, you are just in this insane Willy Wonka-esque room at, the, at this point. Is there also a bucket with that mop? Yes, you... there's, a bucket that's, there's a bucket that's trying to waddle and keep up with the great, mop. Great, great. Yes, they, they, they tend to get a bit separated. The, the mop is a bit overzealous and mm. uh, the, the bucket's just trying to keep up from time to time. Uh, uh, but but yes, come come right this way. And he kind of leads you through this, just this ridiculous room. And you make your way through uh, like a pathway of between some bookcases. And uh, as he's walking, he's like, oh, uh, forgive me, I didn't introduce myself. My, my name is uh, 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 Frederick. Um, I'm an intern for the wizard, just trying to study under his tutelage and take care of various things around the the building and uh as you get a bit closer you you hear from around the corner frederick frederick where are you where are you frederick yes yes sir sir i'm 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 coming i'm coming we just have some have some visitors well bring them in here bring them bring them around and you make your way around the corner and you see just a chair you just see the back of a chair, and you, you, it seems like there's a voice coming from the other side of the chair, but you can't tell from from what. And Frederick says, uh, "Sir, uh, m- 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 Mr. Wifflepuff, your, uh, your your guests are here." And <laughs> you see the chair slowly turn around. Actually, no, it doesn't slowly turn. It zips around, and you see this dark-skinned gnome that's sitting in the chair, and he's very short. Very, very thin. He has this mop of white hair that's peeking out from beneath this this bright red cap that he's wearing. And he's got... Uh, he's, his eyes are just squinting as hard as you've ever seen anybody squint before. And this chair turns... Who's... Who's there? Who is it? Who is it? Uh... Like, individually? Like, I guess. Uh, I'm... I, th- I, my name is Brian Tolkien... Um, these are my companion travelers, I guess I would Classmates. call them. I don't, you guys, yeah, well, <clears throat> you guys do. Uh, uh, hi. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Cecil. Yes, hello. Sort of the leader of the group. Um. Oh my god. We were told that you might be able to help us out. Oh. Uh, but by, 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 by all means, these are our other companions. Hi. My name's Victoria. Nice to meet you. Hello, hello. And you are? Uh, I'm James. Hello there. Uh, I, I My name is Rufus Wifflepuff. I am the wizard of these parts, and a very learned and accomplished one at that. Frederick? Frederick, why are you just standing there? We have guests. Go, go put on some tea. Go put on some tea. Go on. And Frederick says, oh, yeah, yes, yes, sir, of course. And he kind of gives you like a stiff bow and zips around a corner and uh, heads off to make some tea. And Rufus says, oh, well, well, uh, here, here, have a seat, have a seat. He gestures with his arm and all of a sudden this table that's nearby that's been stacked with stuff just swoops off oh and all the stuff goes clattering to the floor. And four four chairs just zip up to the table. Go, go on now, go on. And his chair turns around, and he as he's g- gathering a few things, uh, and 
turns turns uh, around the corner to go get something really quick. Uh, Victoria will take a seat. Right. Um, Brian is not sitting down. Brian is fascinated by all the things on the walls. I uh, lean over to Cecil and I say, he looks like Papa Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to. I was going to tell that to his face, but yeah, kind of getting a little bit of Papa Smurf vibes, but like, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of fun looking books in here though. I'm being completely honest. Um, I am immediately as, as Brian is, I'm, I'm going to try and find a, a book or just like do a quick scan of the books that are nearby to see if anything catches my attention. Okay. Uh, roll an investigation check. 22. 22. Is there anything left on the table after it whooshed over here, or did pretty much everything fall off? Everything fell off except for five little individual teacups. Oh, okay. Cecil, as you scan the books, there's like a book that says like, Evocation in You, Transfiguration, Steps 1 through 10, and as you're scanning, you come across a cookbook as well, and it's it seems very out of place and strange to you <laughs> that a cookbook is lined with all these other magical tomes. Uh, are, are there any books that sort of, in my immediate quick little investigation, are there, is there anything that is almost like a, has any sort of religious connotation? Yeah, you see a book that says Deities of Forgotten Fields. Okay, I'm going to snag that and not necessarily like pocket it, but I'm just going to start mm-hmm. thumbing through that casually. Okay. As you pull it out and begin begin thumbing through it, Rufus comes back around in his little magically powered wheelchair. Well, you found a book there, did you? Well, feel free to feel free to scan. It's fine. It's fine. And he has a he has a plate with four little cookies on it. He says, "Oh, I I, I love to attend to guests. So if you'd like, please please have a cookie. Please go on." And as you look at these cookies, they're shaped almost like fortune cookies. But it looks like whatever dough they were, whatever the dough was used for, it was it was somehow black in nature, and it just kind of occurred naturally. And it's it's black and has these sort of silver flecks in it, and it kind of smells sweet, but also slightly smoky. Yes, go go on. Victoria will take one, but she's not going to eat it yet. She'll just take it. She's going to just look at it. Brian doesn't touch him. Oh, no, come on, come on now, eat up. Brian is still staring at all the books. On You're the- all skin and bones there, eat some. <laughs> eat some, eat the cookie, come on, go on. James walks up and very tenderly picks up one of the cookies. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> the cookies are starting to just clatter on the plate from his, from his shaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Whifflepuff. Brian. Take a cookie. It's polite. Curious, what are these, uh, what do you call these cookies? Oh, they're, they're fortune cookies, yes. Victoria's gonna break hers open. Must make sure to read the fortune before eating. <gasps> yes, yes, go on. So, okay, she's gonna take hers out. I'm gonna take a, take a cookie. Okay, uh, roll a d20 for me. Ooh. Ah, eight. Eight? Mm-hmm. Does anybody else, uh, crack open their cookies? Yeah, I'll follow suit. Yeah, I, I, James will do the same thing. I haven't even grabbed a cookie. Okay. Uh, and Brian, it, Rufus is still holding out these cookies to you, and this one cookie is just dancing back and forth on this plate. 
as he holds it out to you in front of you. Brian just watches Victoria with her cookie. I'm not eating it, Brian. I'm just checking. Well, last time I did something rash that the group wasn't ready for, we ended up oh, in true. a weird contract situation. That's very true. So I'm waiting. <laughs> I like your character growth, Brian. I learned from my mistakes. Okay, uh, Brandon, what did you roll? 16. 16. 16. Okay. And Jackson, what did you roll? I rolled a 13. All right. So, Andy, as Victoria cracks open this cookie, mm-hmm. in the distance you almost hear like this, <gasps> this exhalation of breath. And as you pull out the fortune, you read, getting ahead of yourself may separate you both. Cecil, as you crack yours open, you hear this same exhalation of breath, and your fortune says, 70% of accidents happen in the home. And James, as you crack yours open, you hear this gasp of breath, and you read, beware the Viridian in color and emotion. As he still is holding out this cookie to Brian, Frederick comes around the corner. Sir, oh my goodness, sir, those are not the correct cookies for guests. And he takes the plates and sets it down. Apologies, he had been doing some experimentations with uh, divination magic and had uh, had been getting into baking as well. And so he developed, uh, I think he's titled them as Doomsday Cookies. Behind the screen, these sound a lot worse than they are, but they're actually uh, items from the Griffin Saddlebag. Once a creature's fortune has been predicted, all future Doomsday Cookie papers will predict the same outcome for them. If a creature dies in a way foretold by the cookie at your DM's discretion, the cookie's paper transforms into a scroll of revivify. This scroll can only be used on the creature who's passing it foretold. If the scroll is unused within one minute, it crumbles into dust. So, you all now have these fortunes on you. So, if you happen to die and your way of dying happens to align with these fortunes, this... um, effect will come about. Good to know. If I ever die, someone very quickly build a shelter around me. <laughs> Get the man in a home. It doesn't have to be a nice shelter. Rufus is now glaring at Brian because he still hasn't taken a bite of his cookie. Come on. Come on. I know you want it. Go on. It's tasty. Okay, fine. It's tasty. Brian feels bad because he keeps thinking about what Victoria said about being polite. And that's something that his mom would say. And so he feels a little uh, guilty and just takes the cookie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh. All right. And as you crack it open, roll a d20. The fact that Victoria is the one having to say that. Truly. Something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we really are yes. in the end times. <laughs> 14. 14. Brian, your future reads, Mortality is shed as quickly as skin or clothing. So if I die naked, we're good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So as you as you munch into these cookies, despite their look, they're quite tasty. They're they're sweet uh, and smoky with a bit of a salty aftertaste to them. Can I have another one? Victoria just hands half of hers to to Cecil. As you're all munching on your cookies, Frederick is going around and pouring tea in the the cups that are at the table. Yeah, not too much, Frederick. Not too much. I don't want too much tea. And Frederick, oh yes, yes. Sorry, of course. So what uh, what exactly can I do for all of you? Well, um, so it seems like this is is some kind of like predestined journey thing that we're being put on. I mean, there's there's actors pointing us in this direction that seem to be there for their own reasons and things. Basically, uh, my biggest question is, what are you supposed to do for us? 
Like what is was supposed to happen now? Uh, I don't quite know what you mean. I wasn't expecting visitors or anything. I'm just working on my own research out here. Various types of magic. I, I'm fascinated by magic, obviously, being a wizard, you know. And as he's saying this, he's kind of gesturing with his hands. And as he is, uh, as he's gesticulating, random like little sparks of magic and lights are just kind of flashing from his hands. And so whoa, I've, whoa, whoa. I've been just, I've been researching all types of magic, you know, evocation, transmutation, uh, teleportation, all those sorts of things. And uh, I just I've been it's been a while and I decided to lend my uh, lend my expertise to to the, the, the folks of Newcomers Field and and uh, lend my lend my talents to them. And so I've been they they pay me nicely and I can. I have my own place out here where I can work and study, and so I've just I've just been doing that. You, you mentioned teleportation. Mm, yes. Now, when you say that, is that like like science kind of stuff, like physics and like folding space time continuum on each other? So it's like you know how in like Star Trek they Star what? Never mind. Describe for me how you practice teleportation because that sounds very interesting. I'd love to learn more about that. Oh, oh. Mr. Whifflepuff. It's taken years of study, indeed, but uh, but there are spells out there. There are scrolls and rituals to uh, to allow one to teleport over great distances between planes, uh, all over the place. And it's uh, as I said, it took it takes quite a bit of study, but uh, it's mostly through uh, through my own magical arts and means and uh, the work that I've been doing. Right. I mean, you wouldn't happen to have any, I don't know, some, like, books around that could teach someone? Uh, Are you taking students? Because I, that yeah, sounds I'm... something, like, I would love to learn Cecil, about. Cecil, we're trying to get home. I know. Unfortunately, I've already got my hands full with Frederick here. One intern is enough for me. Uh, I mean, I do have a few books, but I don't, I don't exactly lend them out or let people take them, as they are very valuable to me, yes. Um... Sorry, not to derail this conversation, Cecil. Really quick, Mr. Uh, Whifflepuff, do you know someone that goes by the title The Hand? Well, let me think. Uh, I might. My memory is not quite what it used to be. It's It seemed to have been, to have been going in my old age. And Frederick kind of comes along inside and pats him on the back. Uh, yes, the, uh, the, uh, Miss, Mr. Wifflepuff has been, um, obviously aging, as it appears. Uh, and his, his mind, unfortunately, isn't quite what it used to be. I'm currently working on, uh, some sort of potion or ailment to possibly, uh, aid in these effects. But, um, I still need to procure a few more items for it, for it. And, uh, Rufus says, yes, yes, uh, I, I might know, uh, a hand or or two, or possibly a foot. I don't quite remember. Uh. Cecil's gonna mimic what Frederick is doing and kind of going over in a, like like a a grandson to a grandfather, giving a pat on the back. I'm gonna go. It's okay, Mister Wifflepuff. You can, you can remember. You can do it. Think, think back really oh hard. I'm gonna cast guidance <laughs> okay. on Mister Wifflepuff. Okay. Uh, as you do, roll a d twenty. Three. Okay. You tap him on the shoulder. He looks up at you and 
God is with you. Uh, God is dead. <laughs> I killed him myself. <laughs> Frederick Tarsa. Now, sir, sir, you you didn't kill God. I I think that was might have been another dream that you possibly had. I killed God. I killed him myself with my own two bare hands. Uh, uh, all right, all right. Very well, sir. Victoria's going to just kind of coax Frederick to the side really quick. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you were working on, like, a potion of sorts for uh, him? Yes, yes. To, yes. like, kind of help him remember. So we, like, accidentally signed a contract of planar binding, and we really need some help trying to kind of undo that. You said you were still missing components for this spell? Potion? Yeah thing yeah yeah yes there is uh in in particular uh i've acquired most of what i need but uh, i'm still in the need of uh about um four jackalware eyes is what i'm needing at the moment what the what rufus kind of overhears what you're saying frederick frederick no 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 potion you're going to make is going to help me all of your your experimentations have not been working out. I'm sorry. It's just a fact of life. And Frederick kind of nods his head. Uh, yes, yes, of, of course, sir. And he turns back to you and, oh, you can see what I have to deal with from time to time. Sure. But yes, uh, yes, I'm I'm still in need of uh, four jackalware eyes is what I'm looking for. Cool. So one, what's a jackalware? Two, where would we find those? Uh, yes, of course. Ap- apologies. I, I forget that not everyone is uh, as familiar with materials as myself. Mm. Um, Jackalwares are a, a type of beast um, that uh, have the ability to change shape um, between <sighs> a human and uh, that of a jackal. Um, you might be a bit more similar to something uh, known as a werewolf. Um Jackalwares are of a similar breed, but more of jackals than of wolves. Um, Jackalware eyes in particular, though, have a special property, um, specifically in relation to sleep, and allow people to fall into a deep trance. And uh, and that that's, that property in uh, in particular is what I am most in need of for this potion. Uh, don't know how I feel about killing um werewolves, but maybe um we can convince the group. And where? Okay, so we're we like are totally new here. Um, kind of like you know, out in the middle of nowhere. We don't we don't know exactly where we would go. Yes, of course, of course. Or what direction? There has been a uh, tell of a. A pack of jackalwares in the the forest a few miles away. Oh. Uh, I could give you the directions, and they could, uh, y- you could, you could go and seek them out yourself. And Rufus yells from from over his tea. Frederick, Frederick, I need more tea. Stop piddling around. You need to help me get some more tea and l- and aid me in more of my research. And Frederick, yeah, yes, yes, of course, of course, sir. Apologies. And um. Kind of gives you a quick nod. And, uh, I'll be right back. And he sure. turns and uh, heads back around the corner to go get some more tea as you guys are left back in this room. What was he talking about? Um, so I think he said something 
about working on a potion that would help um, Mr. Wifflepuff's memory, which would probably be helpful considering we're still trying to figure out where the hand is and how to undo all of that and where to go next and how to get home. Um, but we'd only need to kill two jackalwares and take their eyes and give them to Frederick to finish this potion. Victoria, what is a jackalware? Well, he described it really well. It's actually kind of like a werewolf of sorts, but in this world, it's like like half-time human, half-time like a jackal. Do they like transform on command or is it a full moon situation? I don't know. He didn't say. But we could... Didn't think to ask that question. I was trying to ask, but he had to go make more tea. Are we talking like Teen Wolf or Twilight level? Like which? I'm thinking more like Teen Wolf. Okay. Wait, you're thinking? Did you just make that up? You don't even know. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to kill Jacob. So, like, I'm gonna, I'll like, I'll say Teen Wolf because gross, kind of a terrible TV show, wasn't written super well. Um, just gonna shit over Dylan O'Brien like that. All right, cool. Anyway, he said they're in. They can be found in the forest that's just a few miles away from here, and he can give us directions. Wait, but they're like people though. Or are they people or are they animals? Because one I'm Both? more okay with. The other, I mean, I've never killed anybody in my life, so I'm not looking to start now, okay? That's a lie. Hey. You totally <laughs> killed those, like, nurse people that we That had. wasn't me. That was... That so was you. James is in the back slowly just sipping his tea. <laughs> It's a Kermit the Frog situation. And Rufus is kind of nodding with you. Oh, yes, yes, it's good, isn't it? Brian has put his hood up because he hadn't considered the moral dilemma here. At first, he was thinking logically on how to most efficiently get these eyes. But now the moral quandary has reached his brain, and he has put his hood up and is staring at the library looking for a book on magical morality. (laughs) (laughs) Roll an investigation check. I mean, I do have that book on religion that I'm holding. That might have something in it. A ten. <laughs> okay. Brian doesn't see any particular books that stick out to him, but he does see some, like, magical flashes of light coming from around the corner. Brian ducks his head around the corner, like totem pole style, like takes his head out from around the corner <laughs> to see what's going on. Right on the other edge of the corner, you see, like, piles of books and such, and things like that. Um, and you also see a stack of cards that seem to be surrounded by a bunch of books and you can see there's some kind of note on it. Um, I'm going to walk over to the pile and try and read the note. Do you want the world to burn? As you walk over and Victoria and Cecil are arguing about the moral implications of killing a half human, half jackal, um, you look at the note and, uh, it's scrawled in a bit of a flourish of a hand. Uh, but you read the words, declare how many, draw that much, things can change with but a touch. <sighs> what? Can I, I can't see anything about the pile of books that are there. Of the books that are there, again, like the majority of the library, it's incredibly scattered. But you can see that like none of these books are really in relation to each other. They're just like all all sorts of different topics and uh, magic schools of thought and research about various things. Can I 
check real quick and see if there's a book about jackal wares. Sure. Yeah, roll an investigation check. 13. Okay. Yeah, there's a, a pretty thick book um, with, and on the front, there's like this big old ball that seems to be have just like a giant eye on the front of it. Uh, and it says Monster Manual. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and if you look, there's like an index and you can see in there, there's a, you can see a, a line that says Jackalware and gives you a, page, a corresponding page. Great. Um, I'm going to pick up the book with my left hand and then I'm going to... Yes. Yeah, do it. Do it. I, I really don't know if I want it, though. If you don't, I will. <laughs> okay, great. So I'm going to pick up the deck of many things and put it in my back pocket. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to walk, and like while I've, while I've like slid the deck into my back pocket, I'm going to try and distract everyone else in the room from the deck of cards by bringing attention to this book. And I'm just going to out loud say, does any, does that, did, does, or what? What is Miss Whiffenpuff? What is his name? Whifflepuff. Whifflepuff. The Whiffenpuff. The Whiffenpuff. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask. Does it? Did it seem like the wizard was totally averse to like lending us a book? Because uh, I found this monster manual, and I think it would really help us out. Um, and I can just sit in this corner and read it now. But like, maybe he would let us bring it with us. Oh, is that my monster manual you have there? Yes, yes, sir. It is. It is your monster manual. I was wondering if you would be willing um, to to lend it out to us for a little while. Well, bring bring it here. Bring it here. Let me look. Let me look. Okay. And as you bring it close and put it down, he he's squinting again so tightly, and he like sticks his face right on top of the cover. Oh my god! He says, "Oh, oh yes, yes. This is a this is a fourth edition. I have my fifth somewhere around here. You can take this with you." God. Great. So I'm gonna oh, I'm no. gonna put Burn it, burn it now. I'm gonna put the book in my backpack. Okay. Great. As you do, uh Frederick comes back out with another pot of tea and refreshes uh Rufus's and uh he says, uh sir, I, I do believe it is uh it, it is time for your daily nap. Uh and so you should probably uh say goodbye to your guests and uh hopefully they will be back soon. And Rufus says, Oh, I don't need to go to sleep. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm tired. Oh boy. Oh, all right. Yes. Fine. Fine. Take me. Take me back. Uh, it was. It was lovely meeting all of you. I. I do hope to see you again. If. If you need anything, don't hesitate to stop by. Ooh. And he gives a nod to each of you. As, Thanks. You got it, Mister W. <laughs> as Frederick pulls him back and wheels him around the corner, leaving you guys alone for a minute or two. So I'm thinking, like, melon ballers? If we, like, tackle them and get them down. I know, I know, but we wouldn't have to kill them, you know? We could just, like, scoop their eyes out. Oh, you're talking about jack I thought... Yeah. No, not about some... Mr. W or anything. No, just, like, these, like, creature thingies. We can just take their eyes. If Brian was trying to hide his intimidation or how intimidated he finds how intimidating he finds Victoria earlier, uh, he's no longer <laughs> able to hide it and is just outwardly absolutely intimidated by the way her brain works. Roll a constitution check for me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Eleven. Brian manages to hold it, but there's just a split second where he almost pisses his pants. Yeah. 
Ryan, in that book, mm-hmm. what does it say about Jack Horse? Are they people? Oh, mm. that's a good question. I haven't read it yet. Let me just, I'm going to pull the book back out of my backpack and flip to the Jack Horse chapter. I'm just going to start reading as fast as I can. So if Brian is doing that, are you like, is Brian putting that on the table and like leaning over and reading it? No, Brian has like walked. Don't you dare. Don't you dare, dare, Andy. I just want to see if she can see it. No, I know what you're doing, Andy. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. I would, with my passive perception, would Victoria see this giant deck of cards sticking out of Brian's back pocket? No, wait. Brian has... Brian has walked into the corner of the room and ha- is holding the book up like fake library style with his nose like to the spine of the book and is reading it as fast as he possibly can to learn about jackalwares. As you read, uh, you can you can see the entry says uh, jackalwares are treacherous anthurions, jackals able to assume the form of a human. They use this power to lure in those that take pity on them before viciously slaughtering them. In a jackalware's true form, they're indistinguishable from a regular jackal standing at about three feet tall. When disguised as a normal humanoid, they are uh, they look somewhat haggard, but otherwise are indistinguishable from normal members. Okay, so I, I put the I put the book down, and I close it in a moment of epiphany, and I say, "What I have learned here was that the morality of a jackalware is categorically more dangerous to the rest of the world than us killing them possibly could be." Great. The negative thing I have learned here is that. Um, they look pretty much like any other jackal and or any other human being without a little bit of sleep. And um, the issue with this is that I was never allowed to have a dog growing up and I really do not know what at all to do around a, a dog-like creature. I have, I have absolutely no experience. I've spent some time around animals. I could probably... Catch a jackal? Yeah, uh, certainly we could, you know, I... We'd have to find something to lure them as bait, fresh meat, if there are any... Mm. Cecil, you can transform into, like, little creatures that they might eat, right? So James spits out the tea that he was <laughs> sipping. So wait, okay, but, like, you were, you were like, a little, like, ferrety weasel thing. Yeah, we yeah, but, like... just, like, go find where they are, and you can transform and, like, lead them out, and then we can just pounce. I don't know. That seems like it's endangering me in a little bit. Do you think maybe you could, like, transform into one of their natural predators? You know, instead of, like, putting you in danger, we could just put them in danger if, like, you've got some, like, killer hunting skills. Open that book again. Does it say anything? Yeah, about their natural... Does it have any pictures? Predators? Yeah, let me let me check. Let me check out. Does it have any pictures? <laughs> so what up? Is there a certain picture you wanted to see, Cecil? <laughs> or like... And I just, I just, I get so annoyed by his lack of specificity <laughs> that I just chuck him the book across the room so he can read it himself. Okay, is gonna try and figure out the DM's eyes. What kind of so wide? What kind of monsters live in this realm? Uh, well, how are you searching this? Because it sounds um, like you're using Google right now. Quite a lot. He's just reading the index. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna quickly scan the index for anything that sounds particularly dangerous. Uh, okay. Roll an investigation check. Okay. Uh, as I'm scanning, I'm going to say, Lord, please help me. And I'm going to cast guidance on myself. Okay. Roll a d20 as well. To 16 on the investigation check for me. And a 14 for my subsequent d20 roll. Okay. You can see, like, a lot of 
names that don't really register with you because they're so outlandish and fantastical. Uh, but a few just generic predatory animals do stick out to you. Uh, in particular, things like uh, leopards, hyenas, and eagles. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And as you're scanning through the the manual, Frederick comes back around the corner and says, uh, so, as you can see, uh, the the wizard is gets a bit cranky at times, um, and so that's why I'm hoping to finish this potion as soon as possible, and hopefully he can get back to his work quickly. Um, so, what would do you think you'd be able to do? You be able to assist? Yeah, I think so. Great, great. That's a that's a load off of my back. I can tell you that much. James, Brian, you guys are on board. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. I don't. I don't feel versed to it for sure. So I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm happy to help, Great. especially like if they'll get us more information about the hand and stuff. Lovely, lovely. Uh, so, um, I, actually, while I was back there, I I managed to uh, find a, a small map of the area and uh, was able to uh, ex- circle exactly where the forest is. And he kind of hands you this small piece of a piece of paper, and you can kind of see generic covering of the area and so you can see like newcomers field and the the huts that you're at right now and then a few miles off you can see uh some trees and a forest of wooded area and um he has that circled great so yes uh i i i don't know quite how deep into the woods uh the this jackal pack seems to be hiding but there has been report of um a few uh dead livestock that have been found um, by farmers in the area, and so it's it's assumed whoa, that they are whoa, taking up whoa, whoa, residents whoa, whoa, in this whoa. forest. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, Sorry. whoa, whoa! Yes. There, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a pack of jackal wares. Like we're not just talking about two specific jack. We're walking into a, a wolf den, essentially. Uh, well, not not exactly a den. I'd say I jackal wares tend to run in packs of three or four at most. So I would say it's that's probably the it's it's not. Not we're not talking like ten jackal wares. Someone would be insane to throw something like that at such a low level group of adventurers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Frederick. Um just quick follow up uh question there. Is there a particular reason why you have not sought out uh, uh getting these jackal wear eyes yourself? Are you scared? Uh well and he kinda looks down and you can you can you can tell that Frederick spends so much time inside and he's he's pretty stocky and is obviously not the fighting adventuring type uh oh. he says ah well i'm i'm not exactly uh equipped myself to go do something uh a task such as this so uh you can tell he's he's kind of he's a bit hurt by your your pointed question i put a hand on on frederick's shoulder don't worry of course you can trust us big and strong adventurers to help you out. Uh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> You're welcome, Frederick. Victoria's just rolled her eyes so hard they almost just fell out of her head. <laughs> and she's doing this in view of Frederick so that he can see her do that. Also, Frederick, I have a bit of a strange request, but yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, it would go a long way to help with our adventure. In our gathering of materials. Mm-hmm. Got any milk? Get milk? Um, y- yes, I I believe we do have some, uh, in in storage. Uh, 
if you'd like, I can I can prepare some for you when you return. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, if if you have some now, that'd be that'd be great. I don't really need to keep it fresh. That's not you know, not a problem. Ew. What? I hate you so much, Brandon. Cecil, do we need to have like a sidebar conversation? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Sure. I'll uh. I'll be right back. And he turns and goes around the corner to fetch you some milk. Thanks, Freddy. If there's anything else you guys would like to do <laughs> before he returns. Oh, dang. Um, Victoria's going to make one more, like, just sweep yeah. of the place. So is Brian. And she's going to try to pocket one of the, like, weird potions that they saw on their way in. Okay. Uh, Roll, yeah, roll an investigation check. <sighs> okay. Great. 16. Wait, hold up. You guys are just straight up stealing shit? No. Cecil says as he puts the book that he was reading into his bag. Shut up. <laughs> uh, sorry, what'd you roll, Victoria? 16. 16. Okay. You find an elixir of equilibrium. Ooh, okay. You find this vial that's filled with these two liquids, and there's one purple and one orange, and there there's nothing like separating them, but they don't seem to mix. And the effects of the potion, uh, after drinking the potion, on your next dice roll, instead of rolling one die, you roll five of the same dice and you take the average number. Interesting. Ooh, okay. And uh, Brian, is there anything you're searching for in particular? Well, if we're back like towards the front door where they're like the, the first shelves were, I hadn't checked those out yet. So I, I'll check the books out again. Okay. Yeah. Roll, roll an investigation check. I got, I got a 17. You don't find a book in particular, but you do find a scroll at the top. It says, um, spell scroll of mage hand. (gasps) If you, if you take the time to study this scroll, you will have the ability to cast the cantrip mage hand. That's so cool. Hey, James, sort of get your opinion on something. Pull up the gods of the forgotten fields. What's your... I don't know, I just wanted to get your take on this. Uh, kind of thumbing through some of the different pages and show him what are, like, I guess, if if there are art, artist interpretations of different figures in the book. I don't know, you seem to be adequately mysterious. <laughs> just wanted to get your, your take on... Th- there are a lot of gods here. And, well, I was going to talk to Brian about this as well, but he's kind of stealing a bunch of shit right now. So you're, I don't know, wanted to get your, wanted to get your opinion on that there are a lot of gods and it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Not going to lie. Having a bit of an existential crisis here. Oh, um, I'm sorry. What's your question? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to properly phrase this. James... Do you believe in God? Uh, yes, I I think I do. Alright. Follow-up. Actually, a couple of follow-ups. What what do you make of... The, there are dozens of these. There are dozens of gods that are listed in this book. Like, are you familiar with different religions of, like, our world? Or do any of these sort of, like, mesh with what you know? Like, does anything stick out to you in particular? There are a ton of gods that are just kind of popping up. And, uh... Um, Riley, can I roll an investigation? Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is when Riley is really regretting throwing this book out here because there is no preparation done for this. 
You have a lot of lore players. I well, actually, well, um, actually, okay, uh, no, it's, James will say, um, like I, I, I understand Cecil, you know, um, facing an existential crisis, but understand there are, you know, real world religions that have multiple gods, like Hinduism. Um, I don't know if that helps, but just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Good talk. And no problem. And as you finish this conversation, Frederick comes back up with uh, a leather pouch that's like dripping slightly. Oh. I, uh, I have your milk. Thank you. Uh, uh, this, this will go a long way to helping us all on our adventure. Thank you very much. And I take it and I do my best to like make sure it's not going to leak over a bunch of stuff and I put it in my backpack. Very well. Um, is is there anything else I can uh, help you with? Yeah, no, just like one more little teensy question. So with these like eyeballs, do they, do we need to like put them in anything particular? Do they need to be like fresh or? Oh, no, no. Um, I mean, I, I believe as long as they're not outside of the body for two days or so they should be fine and i don't think the force is that far away um here you can you can use this and he pulls out another little extra leather pouch great you can just put them in here thank you um, oh and but before i forget uh since you are going to help this is um this is the least we can do and he turns and walks over to the the row of potions and he pulls two uh and he hands them over and he says, ah, yeah, yes, um, these are just uh, two just simple healing potions that might uh, help you along the way. Um, I And I appreciate it. I'm, I'm sure the potions are very uh, interesting and fascinating to look at, but uh, they are they can be quite dangerous. So I appreciate you keeping your distance. Yep, sure. As I take one of the potions, I give a really strong side eye to Victoria. <laughs> So, yes, so now you have two common healing potions. You can distribute that how you will. Is there anything else you would like to do here? Um, no, I I mean, thank you. Thank you, Frederick, for all of your your help. We're going to I guess we're going to go and get this done for you. Lovely. Uh, and I am most appreciative. Thank you. Uh, and I'm sure though he may not seem it all the time. Uh, Mr. Wifflepuff will be as well. And he walks you out uh of the the compound and kind of gives you another quick little stiff bow as you walk outside and he closes the door again and you're once again left in the um the entryway with the the various barnyard animals <laughs> so we like <laughs> no i'm sorry cecil i refuse to go anywhere until you tell us why you need curdled milk in your backpack at all times mm. Mostly because I just don't want to deal with, like, smelling it on you or anything. So, yeah, I'm going to need to know what the reasoning was. Uh, I mean, have you guys ever tried to, like, make your own whey protein at home? Nope. Cecil, I can I can honestly tell you I regret asking the question and that I have not tried to make my own whey protein at home. I can honestly tell you that. Look, guys, I, I'm on a bit of a strict diet, and this is going to fudge with it just a little bit. So, got to make do. I didn't see any muscle milk at the general goods store. So, you know. 
as you're going on this rant, uh, make a make a dexterity saving throw at disadvantage for me. Me? Yes. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Pissed off the oh. damn, apparently. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> a two. <laughs> okay. As you're making this explanation, you suddenly feel this this sting on your ankle, and there's this very angry looking goose that has bit you. <laughs> And he's like flapping his wings. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Down, 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 boy! It's okay. Hey, hey! I got some. I'm gonna fish some some corn out of my bag, and I'm gonna attempt to 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 calm the goose. Roll an animal handling check. Thank God. (laughs) Had to make use of it sometime. Natural twenty for a twenty-six total. Oh my God! Hey. Um. The goose flutters onto your shoulder and settles, nestles onto, nestles into the crook of your shoulder and begins to to eat out of your hand. Victoria like leans over to James. Also, you take one damage from the from the ankle bite. Okay. Victoria leans over to James and goes, "He's a regular Disney princess, isn't he?" Yeah, I think I like him. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, James, like. Like, like him, like him? Why are you talking like we're in middle school? <laughs> no reason. Okay, thanks, buddy. She's just gonna walk away. Uh, as as the goose is uh, kind of nibbling some, some bits of, of corn, some dried corn out of my hand, I'm going to uh, cast Beast Bond on the goose. Okay. So it does need to make uh, an intelligence. Oh my. Or wait, no. What's the what's what's the goose's intelligence? I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> Do geese have intelligence? This is a very smart goose. <laughs> so yeah, you try to charm it, and the goose is not having it. He he looks at you, buddy, and just please. He looks at you dead in the eye, stares at you for a second, and just slowly shakes his head back and forth before <laughs> flying off into the into the distance. Be free, my child. Also, roll a d20 for me. Sixteen. Okay. Well, uh, I tried to um, befriend the local populace, but I think they have a very free spirit. Victoria's looking at the map, trying to figure out if they can get the car as far as they can get into the forest. Also, we should probably we should probably go take a nap or something. Like, why? After that fight earlier, I'm exhausted. They healed us. Remember, you guys you guys took all the health potions yep. at the at the uh, craft services table. I'm pretty tired, though. Or were you just not listening to me? <laughs> it's only like three o'clock in the afternoon. Did did we take a long rest? You did last night. Yes, but he. But has... not after the. But not. But oh, but not he since needs the a fight. Long rest. I've expended ah, all of my spell slots. He's polymorph. Yes, you haven't. That's fair. Yeah, no, you haven't. Crap. I mean, just I mean, like before we go and fight things, I'd like to, you know, warm up. I gotta do my calisthenics. I have kind of a morning routine, nightly routine. Gotta keep that up. And, uh, you know, this athlete's body takes a lot of work. And after I have my morning routine, we'll be able to go and, you know, fight some jackalwares, some weird beasts. And as you're listening to this continual stream of consciousness, Brian, you do remember that jackalwares do tend to be a bit more active at night anyway. Uh, so it might actually behoove you guys to take a long rest and to journey on in the nighttime. Mm. And Victoria, as you're looking at the map, you can see that 
you can see that the road that Frederick marked out does divert a little bit from the road that you guys came on. So you can probably make it back to the van and just drive over to the forest. Nice. Okay. I would relay that to the group. Yeah. I also I also relayed my intel to the group. Um, so to the van, we're gonna like relax. Yeah, uh, and then we'll we'll try this again when we have the advantage tomorrow. Cool, I'm, I'm I'm happy with that plan. I get I get in the driver's seat of the car. Well, you're not at the car. Well, you still I'll start walking towards the car. If Brian is furthest ahead, Brian pretends to sit in the driver's seat. Shut up, Brian starts walking towards the car. <laughs> Great. Can Victoria see... What's y'all's passive perception? <laughs> My passive perception! 12! 14. It's a giant-ass deck of cards, man! <laughs> Victoria's um, so mad. My passive perception at 15. <laughs> I just... Andy's more mad than Victoria. <laughs> so, Victoria and Cecil can't see this, but James just does notice that, like, Brian's ass is looking a bit thicker than usual. <laughs> is this, like, two C's? Yeah, how many C's? It's actually only one C because only one cheek is looking a bit thicker. It's looking a bit disproportionate at this point. One C is capitalized. The other C is still lowercase. <laughs> um, James feels blood going to certain parts of his body, but he just kind of waves it off. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, what a revelation. Brian keeps walking and has no idea what's going on. Holy shit. <laughs> Don't write that down, Andy. You okay. don't know. You didn't see it. It's for my personal notes. <laughs> so y'all, uh, y'all start making your way down the road, and um, you make it back to the fallen tree in the road. And you, as you come around the other side, you can see the uh, the downright immigrants band that are in a circle, and they're clapping around. They're like zip, zap, zap, zip, zap, zap. There, and then oh, oh no, we we lost it. We lost. Oh hey guys, how's it uh? How's it going? You uh, you uh, go and visit the visit the wizard. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how how was uh how was that? Uh, it went well. We we uh we definitely got a quest. I mean, he's really old. Yeah. So um, I was just wondering if we could you know uncover the car. Would you guys help us move some of these branches real quick? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Hey hey guys, come on come on. They hop over to the side of the road and start move start helping you move the brush off of the van, and it's. Sitting there, just as you left it. Great. I'm going to try and take the lead in, in moving some of the bramble and, and, like the kid, trying to hold as many chairs yep. after church service as possible. Yep. I'm going to try and move all the stuff. Roll a strength check. Victoria is not going to lift a finger, and she's going to take out her journal, and she's going to be writing something in her journal. Okay. Fifteen. All right. Yeah, so you managed to get a, a few a few good hefty chunks of branches in your arms as you're moving this bramble away and the lead goblin kind of looks at you and not bad. I make sure I'm flexed as hard as possible. Cecil hasn't drank any water today, so he's incredibly dehydrated. So his, <laughs> despite his lack of muscle, he's looking pretty toned right now. <laughs> so yeah, you guys get the van uncovered and um, you have you have now retrieved your van once more. Great. Brian gets in the driver's seat of the car. Victoria gets in the passenger seat before anyone else can. You didn't call shotgun. <laughs> Brian rolls his eyes and asks if James wants to drive. I 
have the map. <laughs> um, I'll I'll drive if you want me to. Victoria, that means you're sitting back here with me. I have the map. Or no, you're up front. I'm in the passenger seat. No, I'll, I'll sit with you. Brian suddenly realizes that his options are sitting next to Cecil or sitting next to Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> and he reaches, oh, he, my he goes into the back seat, sits next to Cecil, and then doesn't look at Cecil at all, pulls the scroll out of his backpack and just unfurls it. And starts reading it and will not talk <laughs> to anyone. Truly a moral dilemma. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Brian. Brian's yes. just reading the scroll. Hey, Brian. <laughs> so uh, are we want to head there before we arrest? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could take the car as far as we can get it. And then maybe like take a nap or whatever in the car. Okay. And I turn the uh, the key. And... My attention is both on, you know, through the windshield, but also looking at the the map that Victoria has. She's got it. She's she's trying to be as accommodating as possible with the map. She's trying to be a Garmin and like sticking mm-hmm. it in the in the dashboard. <laughs> like it's here, it's here. Cool. So yeah, y'all get the y'all get the van started and go along your way. Uh, it's probably about. Actually, no. It's I said it was only like three miles away. So you guys get there and like four minutes great um but you come to the out you come to the outskirts of this forest uh because i thought you would just walk over there Um, (laughs) but no you guys deserve the finer things in life like sleep uh you guys make it over to these woods and it's looking generically creepy um some kind of brambled branches and such and it's uh it's probably about at this point probably about 435 and so if y'all like, you can take a nap or you can do whatever you'd like to before you go for a long rest before heading off into the woods. Could you explain exactly what the setup is in this van of what is available to us in regards to places to sit and lay down and all that sort? Yeah, so it's like you've got the two seats in the front and then there's uh, there's like the, the three seat back seat. And if you go around to the other side, there's... Um, it's like a pretty raised van, and so there are like four cots that are kind of bunk bed on either side. Oh, okay. Um, and there's a there's like a little mini fridge and uh, a little hot plate if you wanted to cook stuff too. The Summerfield Central Automotive Club were pretty stacked. Is there anything in the mini fridge? No, there's not anything in the mini fridge because if they had if they were still working on it. Does it seem to be working? Yeah. Does it keep things cold? Yeah, it's all working. Okay, great. Cecil, put your fucking milk in the fridge, please, and take it out of your backpack. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm gonna wait for it to curdle anyway. Cecil, what? It's That's how you make whey. That's how you make the whey powder. That is seriously disgusting. It's protein. And my body is a machine and it needs fuel, okay? I have nothing else to say. I have, I have nothing to say to you. Fine. I mean, I, I, I'll... I put it. I put the milk in the refrigerator. But after I do that, uh, do you guys want some popcorn? Sure. Cool. I get like a small cup of dried corn. Don't you need oil to make popcorn? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Try and maybe go. I mean. Oh my gosh. Just try it without it. We can do a little experiment. This be fun. I think that'll just burn it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Never mind. Fine. Fuck <laughs> it. We won't do it. Fine. No popcorn for y'all. I'm gonna whittle for a little bit. Alright, so Cecil's outside the van whittling his branch that he took from the, the fallen tree. Uh, does anyone else want to be doing anything before they before they head to bed? Sure. Um, Victoria's gonna go grab one of those bunk beds. Mm-hmm. And she takes her bag and like dumps everything out of it. And uh, you see... I don't know who's around, but if you were around to see, I mean, it's a shit ton of stuff, but like four or five books tumble out of her bag that she just kind of like quickly grabs and like shoves them back in there. Brian tries to read the titles of the books that she carries with her. Go for it. Roll investigation check. What do I need to roll? Uh, roll sleight of hand. Sleight of hand? Okay. Oh, shit. Oh. You did okay? Fifteen? Fifteen. What? Ooh. <laughs> okay, so would you see like half of them? Since it's a match, the the challenger does win. Uh, but since it's so close, I'll say you. I'll say Brian probably only catches the title of one of them. Sure, I'll say the one that Brian catches the title of is Watership Down, <laughs> and then she shoves that back in her book, like bad. Yep. Yeah. Fucking nerd. Brian nods his head in approval and raises his eyebrows in surprise, and she just scowls and like. Turns away and grabs her journal. Are there any, like, streams nearby? Any sort of uh, sources of fresh running water? Yeah, there's a there's a small little brook coming out of the out of the forest. Okay. Uh, is gonna go, like, like wash his hair a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Pulls out. He brings his backpack with him and has a little pocket thing of shampoo. Like a little travel size shampoo thing, and he Washes his hair. I don't know. No, you never said you had a pocket size of shampoo when we went through the inventory of your backpack in session two or three. He totally would, though. He's a he's he's a jock. Probably doesn't just believe that his body should be exactly as God made. He's got he's got, he's, he's got a small pack of grooming. <laughs> he's probably he, he probably has some grooming products on him at all times. Oh yeah. I'll let it slide, but I very specifically remember you going through an incredibly detailed list of so many different things from your backpack. No, I didn't. But sure, you have a small thing of shampoo with you. Small grooming bag, but he um, he okay. t- takes a shower, or a, okay. a, he bathes himself in the brook and tries to wash his hair. Victoria's gonna, after she's like done doing whatever she was doing, she's gonna grab, she's got an empty, like, Glossier water bottle. And she's gonna go looking for water as well. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you go down looking for water, and you come upon Cecil washing his hair at the brook. Wait, is he? No, is he naked or is he just washing his hair? <laughs> uh, he's like he's like taking his shirt off. He's like she's gonna go upstream of him, real small, and like yeah. keep her hand up to her eye, like ugh. averting her gaze, filling her water bottle. You've never been in a locker room before? I've been in a girl's locker room. While you two are grooming, uh, are, are Brian and James are Brian and James doing anything? Brian has taken the cover off of one of his books and made a makeshift, like, eye, <laughs> eye cover thing <laughs> and is trying to fall asleep <laughs> in the chair. Um, James goes into the back of the van uh, out of the driver's seat and, you know, Takes off the the bow off his back and his pack, you know, and takes his pack off and setting things down on the floor and then um, goes to the top bunk of where Victoria, where her bed is, and goes to the top one 
and lays down and kind of like stares at the the ceiling of the van and turns towards uh, Brian and asks um, uh, how, how are you doing? How, how are you feeling? Brian lifts the makeshift visor off of his eyes, looks back towards James and goes I'm trying to sleep and then puts it back down <laughs> and faces forward. And a, a kind of a look of almost defeat and or despair kind of wa- washes over James's face for a second, but also a knowing nod because he knew that was probably going to be the response that Brian gave him. And then he just goes back and just turns to look at the, the van ceiling again. James is an idealist, but also a realist. My heart. All right. So those two are going to sleep. Are Victoria and Cecil doing anything else before the night is, before the day is done? She hasn't left the stream yet. She's, she's like filling her water bottle, taking a couple sips, filling it. Is Cecil just awkwardly staring at her? Uh, he's drying his hair, or as best he can. Okay. So like, have you always... Like, been able to turn into animals? Or is that kind of a new thing? Uh... <clears throat> had a lot of... had a lot of dreams. You know, when I was younger. Turn into animals sometimes. Uh, no, I sneezed earlier. Mm. And then I did. And it was like a... Dream come true. But in a very more terrifying sense... Because when you sneeze normally, you don't turn into a spider, and then I did, and I thought I died. So, I don't know how to feel about it, to be completely honest. It's weird. I think it's cool. I'm trying to put pieces together and figure out why it happened. I guess it's a part of God's plan. I don't know. I really don't know at this point. Cool. <laughs> so, like, what's your favorite animal? Like, if you could turn into any animal, what would it be? A uh, lion. Yep. Cool. And she just turns and leaves. <laughs> oh, uh, real quick canon detail. Because Brian is falling asleep in the chair, um, sitting on the deck of cards was no longer comfortable, so he moved it to his backpack. Okay. But we don't know that. <laughs> Andy. I'm so mad. As as Victoria's walking away, Cecil's just gonna take a few extra moments to really bask in the feeling of this is what it feels like to be the protagonist in your own movie. (laughs) And then he jerks off and drowns. Hall and Dragons is Andy Dinehart as Victoria Hightower, Danielle Grisco as Brian Tolkien, Brandon Lindsay as Cecil McNamara, Jackson Pounds as James Malden, and myself, Riley Wesson, as your DM. We hope you enjoyed listening to Session 5. If you did, leave a review letting us know what you think about the show. We have a blast playing this and want to know if you have as much fun listening to it. 
If you enjoy the show and want to go above and beyond, share it with a friend or on social media. Send them a link to the show and get them listening too. Five-star reviews are great and we would love for you to leave one, but at the end of the day, nothing beats a good old recommendation from a friend. Our theme song is Sonic Pogo by Vans of Japan. Other music can be found in the episode's description. Our artwork is done by the fantastic Carolina Alvarez. A link to her stuff will be in the description as well. Until next time, if you're a visual learner, try to color code your notes. It'll help you retain information better when you're going back and studying. At least, I think it should, right? Thanks again. We'll see you next session. Victoria, a top bunk or a bottom bunk person? Mm. Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. I think she's a bottom bunk. That checks out. Yeah. Interesting. Total bottom. Oh, my <laughs> God. She was just waiting for it. Oh, uh, she had that set up a mile away. Actually, yeah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> it's canon. Um, it's canon now. But a power one. But a power one. Canon. Canon. It's canon. <laughs>